Hey everyone, Dylan here. On today's episode, I sit down with Innovation Force founder and CEO Kim Getkin about, what else, innovation in the energy space. Kim talks about how utilities can approach in-house innovation in more productive ways, as well as the challenges in balancing all the legacy problems utilities face with the need for new ideas and processes. Take a listen and enjoy the show. Kim Getkin from Innovation Force here with us today. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Dylan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Um, excited to talk with you today about uh, innovation. So tell us a bit about uh, Innovation Force and what you've been working on. Yeah. So Innovation Force is a workforce automation platform that has been designed by utility professionals for utilities to help them scale and automate their innovation process. So uh, we all know innovating inside of a utility is very difficult. It's a challenge, it's complex, it's an engineering driven culture. And so what we're creating is basically tools that encompass our best practice, as well as uh, taking advantage of just SaaS really to scale um, and automate the the process of innovating. Uh, We believe that innovation should be simple it should be intuitive, it should be scalable, and gosh darn it, it should be measurable. (laughs) So we know how much time um, is being spent in the process, not just in the process, but by the individual contributors that are part of of engaging in the process and collaborating in innovation. And with all this data, I think utilities being engineering driven, they want data, can make really good decisions about where to spend their time in the portfolio but also reach decisions faster in the innovation process. And we're seeing some of our customers make decisions 85% faster as a result of using innovation force. So you said something about automating innovation. Uh, yeah. that, that, what, 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 what does that mean? Cause I think most people yeah. think that innovation is like a, a, a brainstorming process. Correct, yeah. It is, right? So when you start in an innovation process, there's a lot of ideation and brainstorming. But my what I like to say is brainstorming is not performing. And I hear all the time utilities and organizations and innovators telling me, yeah, you know, we spent a couple hours on a whiteboard and then none of those ideas, like, like what happened to them? Like we left the room, we left the meeting, and then we don't know what happened to those ideas or nobody worked on those ideas. And so what Innovation Force does is we believe in ideation is a very important piece of, of, of the process. It's the first step. But taking that idea that becomes part of your portfolio and moving the idea through to execution is critical. And the workflow is a standardized, disciplined process that needs to be repeated time and time again to be able to get results out of those brainstorming hours that you spent. So what we do is basically automate a standard process as a workflow. We walk innovators through the steps to complete the cycle or the process. We measure in real time where each idea in your portfolio is in that process. And then you can start to see is innovation getting hung up anywhere in the process? Should it be moving faster? How much time are we spending? Um, And once you start to really look at the time you're spending in each stage 
you can optimize that process, right? So this is really about continuous improvement of a very important business process that should be standardized, it can be measured, and it can be automated. It's not about that magic in the bottle, right, that happens in the meeting. It's the magic in the bottle that happens with the collaboration each step of the way and the learnings that are uncovered each step of the way. That's an interesting concept because the idea of, of having a standardized innovation process when the idea of innovation is that you're attempting to do things that have not been done before that hence why like you're why you're in a, innovating in the first place and that you know for and i can and, and i can see how i can see how that works for when you're trying to improve efficiency in processes or when you're trying to uh improve certain certain metrics and and you're tracking those all all along the way and the collaboration that you're talking about that that, that all makes sense but like how does how does that process take into account the unexpected pitfalls the learning opportunities mm-hmm. and the for lack of a bit better term failures that will yeah. that will lead to successes down the line when when they are by nature unforeseen you got it and that's what the beauty of all this is right and if, like, we should start with the definition probably of what innovation is innovation is anything new or useful that creates value and then i like to say creates value for your organization or your customers and so the things that are going through this process should be new ideas if the idea is not a new a new thing right it's a commodity, it's already in production, it's commercialized pretty readily in your organization. That should not be in your innovation process, right? That's like some sort of production, productionalized thing that's happening as a result of going through the process of innovating. All of the new things that you're working on that could drive value should go through an innovation process. Um, the learnings are key. And so, you know, whether you want to say learn fast or fail fast, if you aren't able to take step by step, right, the the idea and, and learn by doing, like our philosophy is get it out of the spreadsheet, get it out of the PowerPoint, get it out of your inbox and start doing something with that idea, and then capturing the learnings along the way. And that's why a software and an automation tool like Innovation Force is really helpful because you have a place to put those learnings as they're happening and they're easy to share the learnings in the organization. When you innovate, and we're seeing now with the utilities innovating, hundreds of people are involved. You can't send an email to a hundred people about your learning in every step of an innovation process. So by having a centralized automation tool that you can come back to and say, I'm really interested in this wildfire mitigation idea that someone started two months ago, what's going on with that? Maybe I participated in helping them decide if they wanted to move this idea forward. I could click on that idea and then see where they are in the workflow and learn from what they're learning. Or imagine going through a process and then having it captured with all the learnings after the fact so that later when your predecessor comes along and wants to enhance on that idea, they can see what what was left, what's already been tried. So through this rapid experimentation of trial and experiment, capturing the learnings is the most valuable piece. And we know that every experiment that you run may not make it into production, 
the time, the effort, the investment, that value is captured in the learnings. If you aren't capturing the learnings, that was wasted time, that was wasted investment. And what we're seeing now, right? I, I don't know, Dylan, if you were watching the news two days ago, but the DOE, you know, is releasing now all of the infrastructure funding um, up to $3.5 billion now in R&D projects going back to utilities. I would highly recommend that those utilities running those around 60 projects use a process like Innovation Force so that as you capture the learnings from the millions of dollars of grant money you're receiving, you will want to show for a compliance perspective what value was captured as a result of the experiments you were running from the money that was invested. And by the way, you should share that back with the industry. So that's what Innovation Force is all about. We're trying to help you capture the learnings through a repeatable standard process, scale it inside of your utility. But we also have a really exciting opportunity now with something we're calling the hangar. And it's allowing utilities to share their learnings, not just inside their four walls, but also with the rest of the industry. We're all in it, right, to innovate, to lead the energy transition, and we can learn from one another and reduce our risk by sharing this information. So what are new ways that you, utilities are engaging within, within house innovation? What are, what, what are some things that you're seeing that, are, that these processes are helping change in the utility landscape? Yeah, I think um, the new thing I'm seeing is the importance of recognizing that one, utility is hard because it's a team sport. So building cultures of innovation are really important. So imagine every team working on an idea inside of your utility is coming together to solve a problem. And we want them to be high performing teams, high performing teams of problem solvers, right? That are learning by doing. And so your culture has to support that. And some things that we recommend and we're seeing make really good positive impacts into speeding up the process is something we like to call hole punching. And this is a really important piece of the process where, you know, Dylan, like we were talking about that brainstorming meeting, like you come out, everybody has a lot of great ideas. The ideas now have to be assessed. So how do you truly with a, with the, with subject matter experts assess if this idea is really worthy of us spending more time on so in the, what we like to do is help folks in that early stage pitch their ideas. We have best practice on how do you take an idea? How do you pitch it to a panel of your peers? What's the convincing argument that you're going to use to sell your idea inside of the utility so that the subject matter experts that are going to support it later are excited to get behind it? But let's be honest and transparent, right? We want subject matter experts in these early stages to also hole punch with you. So if they see reasons why we shouldn't be investing time in this idea, or it's already been tried and it failed, or um, there's a security risk, or just some reason why we shouldn't be working on this idea, we want all of that discussion to have right up front in the process. And so what I like to see and what I'm seeing in-house teams doing is they're having fun with it. So they're creating sparked, what we call at Portland General Electric and the innovation manager there, Allegra Hodges has done a great job 
She has monthly spark tanks where ideas come in for their first round of hole punching and subject matter experts from throughout the organization are given a safe place to create that creative abrasion, we like to call creative abrasion, with their peers um, to really get down to, is this really something that we, we do want our team spending time on? And then we also help them with scoring. So once you determine that this is a, an idea that has some momentum, we like to do a thumbs up or a thumbs down quick pulse check to just, just quick, does this have strategic value and should we work on it? We move it down the funnel now, and then we do a really intensive scoring on it. And the scoring methodology we, we use is based in EPRI, the Electric Power Research, Research Institute's methodology for scoring new ideas in an organization. And subject matter experts get together and they literally score ideas. You know, where do they rank? I might love this wildfire mitigation idea, but it turns out we should really be working on this EV charging thing. And now I can see, well, the EV charging had a higher score. It had a bigger impact to the customer. Therefore, the utility decided to work on that first. So it's no longer like, you know, it, it's not personal, right? Innovating shouldn't be, shouldn't be personal. It is a team sport. It is, there's a human side of innovating. We have to collaborate, but it's really nice when you can have data points to help make the strategic business decision to say, oh, I understand now. This was a really good idea I'm working on, but this one has priority. And so um, by putting all of those best practices right up front in the beginning, we're seeing utilities be able to take the best ideas, move them forward and land them faster so they don't get hung up in the process later or worse, just never get completed. Right. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about that uh, human element that you mentioned, because, you know, innovation often takes place at the intersection of technology and, and business strategy. But but how do we keep the, you know, the well-being of customers and communities at the center of the innovative mindset for, for utilities how you know so it's not just about you know more accurate billing oh totally yeah no it's that that's a great great point so first off you know i like to call innovation the greatest team sport <laughs> that we that, that and most of us experience it at some point or another it's the greatest team that you're ever going to be a part of right if you're innovating innovation doesn't happen alone <laughs> You can't innovate alone. You got to collaborate with other people to get that new idea through. Um, and so first off, just recognizing that it is, there's a human side of innovating. It's about the team and it's about supporting cultures of high performing teams who can innovate together. Now, when you go to work on those ideas, it is, I think, truly important to put yourself into the seat of the customer or the person or organization that you are solving the problem for. And by being able to include that as part of your scoring metric, which we do um, in our scoring methodology, you're able to put a number on it so we can see like, hey, do we really believe this has strategic value for our customers? Should we, should we be spending time on this? Customer intimacy, I think, is really an important part of the innovation process. And as well as design thinking, you know, and one of the key components of design thinking is to empathize, right? Empathize with your customer. And so what I'm seeing with utilities who are able to embrace this is when they go to make their convincing arguments for why they should be working on one project versus another, the ones that I see get scored higher are the ones that are very clear to the organization that this is gonna have customer impact. So, um, it, it, it's critical, right? It's got to be customer centricity has to be at the center of your innovation approach. And 
in my opinion. Uh, so what are some of the ways that utilities can change their approaches to, to problem solving um, while dealing with all these modern challenges? Yeah, so the, you know, I think the modern challenges that we have and, you know, creating this really urgent need for us to innovate is, you know, decarbonization targets are coming. We've got massive infrastructure that needs to be upgraded. And we have all these new technologies that could potentially come to play here that may have never found their way, right, into a grid environment. You're seeing more, I'm seeing more use cases that are incorporating things like 5G or cellular technology or, you know, the ability to be autonomous or drones or, and that all has a really interesting effect, right, when we bring it into the utility who must innovate in a way that's safe, affordable, reliable, and equitable, right, for their customers. So I, I what what I what I truly believe is that the innovation process overall by learning by doing through experimentation is 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 a big help for these modern challenges because until you take I hate to use the example of a drone but I will because it's easy until you take that drone to grab the GIS or lidar data or whatever it is right let's say for your remote sensing program until you run that drone and find out some of the blips, right? Did it work? Was the 5G coverage there? Was it easy to control? Did it work in our environment? Oh, wow, it turns out we needed FAA, some sort of FAA permitting to run that thing, right? Like until you go and do it, you don't know. And so that's why I think now is the perfect time for us to be really running innovation as a discipline process because we're experimenting with these new technologies. We're learning about what they can do for us in the grid and more importantly, what they can't do for us, right? So if you don't learn by doing, how are you going to know? So it's important to get that rapid experimentation, you know, get it out there, learn fast, build on top of the learning and, and move forward. Every utility service territory is different States are different, permitting's different, regulations are different, and infrastructure is absolutely different. So you really need to learn by doing what's going to work for you. Um, and so I think more than ever to address some of the modern challenges, the opportunity is coming from technology, but you don't know until you actually try it yourself. And that's what this innovation process helps utilities do. Try it for themselves and learn by doing. Uh, so like what, what's something that you've seen um come out of all that that's really that, that that's really uh made made a difference uh either for a specific utility or just uh or in general yeah I mean I'm seeing a lot of really cool things um come through with these ideas so first off it's where the idea is coming from like let's talk about that for a second because I'm seeing a transition so just a few years ago, it felt like a lot of the ideas were coming from a strategy team or from an R&D team. And the R&D team and strategy team might have had the opportunity to go to a conference and see the latest robot, substation robot, you know, and or, 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 or you know, um, goggles, right, to be able to do AR, VR. And then they bring it in to their organization and it hits the front line and the front line's like, what, why are we doing this? Like, what, how is this going to help me? 
how does my day in the life positively get impacted by the addition of this new technology? So I would say the first thing I'm seeing is changing where the ideas are coming from. And what we're about is creating more inclusive uh, innovation programs. We want people closest to the problem to feel included in the innovation process so that we can see more ideas come from the field and the people close to the problems than from potentially an R&D owner. So I'm seeing that. And as a result, I'm seeing more practical, you know, use cases and ideas being adopted. And, um, and I think that's really, you know, interesting because now you're starting to have people advocate for the things that would really Im positively impact their day in the life, which has maybe fallen on deaf ears on, on inside of, inside of a utility. Um, let me pull a couple specific examples. Um, I think this, this whole 5G world is interesting. Um, how will utilities incorporate the use of cellular um, to be able to drive uh, connectivity to more, more devices? Uh, it used to be that utilities didn't have to worry about connecting devices, but now it could be in the millions, right, that you would need to connect because of DERs and what's happening behind the meter. So I think the use of 5G and how utilities decide to incorporate that is, is, is pretty interesting. Um, some, you know, are looking at building their own private LTE networks. Others are looking to disruptive technologies where they can basically um, build a similar technology going through the cloud and, um, you know, just being able to, to be able to build 5G networks without necessarily towers. So there's like some interesting, um, I think, disruption that's happening that utilities are starting to be you know, surprisingly first movers on um, because they have a tremendous need to figure out how are we right going to be able to connect all these things and have them work, for example, in a in a virtual power plant. So I think communications is going to be fascinating. I think communications is going to be the enabler that's going to allow us to do way more with some of the technology portfolio that, that I'm seeing coming. Um, I think the use of earth sensing data is going to be really interesting. Data isn't as expensive as it used to be. You can get data from many sources now. So how we, do we as a utility, can we incorporate third-party data that could potentially get us to drive uh, better and more affordability in our remote sensing program that could make a contribution towards wildfire mitigation, for example, so really using data and analytics, of course, AI, you know, is going to have a role to play here. And I really look to AI as being able to help utilities trend and forecast better for the future. And then, of course, uh, workforce automation and being able to, you know, incorporate now some of this AR, VR technology is, is cool. I've seen some of my, my customers start to embrace that and really play around with that. There's a really good argument there that could be made around the safety piece, um, which I think is fascinating from a safety and training perspective. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting ideas. I'm, I'm My customers have portfolios of like 100 to 200 use cases that they're evaluating annually. So lots of lots yeah. of really interesting, innovative use cases coming through. Yeah, and that'll be interesting to watch those. Yeah, and, and I guess you know the the reason why I asked I was I was asking that is because it, it's good to have like 
tangible examples of how these kinds of things can um, yeah, not only provide value for the business, but also, uh, you know, create uh, a better industry on, on top of it. Um, because like I, I can, I, I struggle sometimes um, when I hear people talk about like, when I hear people talk about like innovation and technology and, and all those things coming to coming to save the energy industry when uh, when at the same time I'm talking to utilities and they're mostly just complaining about um what how much how much things cost how much funding they're getting what they are and are not not allowed to do um so and some of the more cynical people like kind of just roll their eyes at, at, at yeah. those concepts because it's like you know why because especially because a lot of them are dealing with that infrastructure problem that you're talking about so like so from you know you're a person who very much believes that um innovation not just in terms of like technology but in terms of um in terms of strategizing processing and just like changing the way that we do things is a key part of modern utility transformation and i just i guess i want to know where that belief comes from and and how what uh how it's driven your uh, your business yeah. oh no I'm, I'm so glad you're talking about this and we absolutely should talk about skepticism right and 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 i so first off in every innovation process, there needs to be the role of the skeptic, right? We want conflicting opinions so that we can hole punch and get the best ideas on the table, number one. So I think it's really good to make sure that, you know, this is pragmatic and there's a voice, there's diverse, there, we need diverse voices in the room um, to play devil's advocate. When it comes to executives, let's just say executives saying, you know, don't tell me about innovation, show me what it's doing for me. I think that's a very valid, valid concern that I hear a lot. Part of that has come from the fact that I think innovation has been not measured. So if I am in a C-suite or leadership team, I wanna know, what are you spending your time on? What impact did it make to my customers or customers or to my organization? Um, how much am I spending on it? And what type of return on equity am I going to get for, for, for it? Because innovation programs have not been measured, people don't even know what KPIs to measure. This has really created the unmet need that we're solving. Why did we create a workflow and put all of this in software? It's because we believe fundamentally innovation pragmatically has to be measured. And by measuring that and bringing these data points back, you can start to assess the value and impact the program is having back on the organization. So I love the skeptics. I don't know if you know this, Dylan, but $1.7 trillion is spent on innovation annually and only 6% of CEOs globally are satisfied with their organization's ability to innovate. This is a huge global problem. It's not just energy specific, but I really believe that if the energy industry using this urgent need that they have to lead the transition and transform the grid, if they use a standard repeatable process that is capturing the learnings and measuring the impact, we have the ability to leapfrog over other industries that have been known to be maybe even more innovative than us. So I think it's a really great time for energy professionals to realize, one, innovation is hard. Two, we have an urgent need, like we need to do it now. 
it's a huge impact we can have. And three, it's all about measuring, measuring not just the data points, but the learnings. And so I see it as a huge opportunity. Thank you for addressing that, Kim. Um, yeah, we have a lot to think about in terms of uh, in terms of innovation uh, going forward. And I agree that there need that there should you know always with these things come a come a healthy level of skepticism to make sure that we're keeping you know people at the center of uh, at the center of all of this. Um, yeah. So other than that, just uh, I would like want to thank you for 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 coming on. Do you have anything uh, you want to plug before we head out? Yeah, I mean, so we believe in creating eco ecosystems, scale scaling the genius. It's all about being able to create ecosystems of partnerships and collaboration through the industry. The industry, in my view, is made of problem owners that have challenges and then the solvers, the people who have the solutions to the problems. We're launching something called the Hangar, the Innovation Force uh, Hangar. It's open to all in the energy industry. If you are a utility looking to enhance your R&D or innovation portfolio, come to the hangar and see what your peers are working on. If you're a solution provider, please come because you can see the real verified problems that utilities are trying to solve. These challenge statements in the hangar started by us scouring the internet and publicly available sources like rate cases, R&D plans, publicly available materials at National Labs websites, like over at EPRI. We've scoured this um, information and then we've boiled it down into very simple challenge statements so that you can see what your peers are working on and the solution providers can see what's trending as far as pain points that maybe they could solve for their utility customers. We're all in this together. We know 80% of, of, of carbon emissions of, of, of um, is, is generated as a result of power generation. We're all in this together. Let's go make innovation the greatest weapon to mitigate the negative impacts of climate change. Let's go lead this transition and let's go do it rapidly by working together in an ecosystem. So um, I hope everybody takes me up on my offer and joins us in the hangar and let's start um, you know making some progress here. Yeah, the hangar sounds fun. It should be fun. <laughs> All right, uh, Kim, Kim, thank you for being on today. I really appreciate ha having you here and uh, forward to our next discussion. Thanks, Dylan. It was a lot of fun to be here and love all the work you guys are doing at Z Prime.